Hey guys, and welcome to season three of the Us People podcast. I'm your host, Savia Rox, and in this season, I get to make my guests laugh, cry, and even make them think about life a little differently with the questions I fire over to them, which digs into their lives and professions a little differently. We even had a chance to change up the intro, giving you a fresh new sound. I look forward to sharing season three of the Us People podcast with you. Let's go. Good evening. My name is Michael Wallace. I'm the co-founder, director of Kickoff at Three and public speaker. You are listening to the Us People podcast with the amazing Savvy Rocks. You sound like Barry White now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. Made up my mind, now is my time to shine. Now is my time to shine. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Yes People podcast. I'm your host, Savio Rox, and today I have the lovely Michael Wallace, who is a police officer. He's also the co-founder of Kickoff at Free. He is a director and also a public speaker. Michael, thank you so much for taking your time to come on the Yes People podcast. How are you? I'm good, thank you. I, I, I'm Honestly, I'm humbled. Uh, we've been trying to get this uh, done for quite a while, but it's um, it's an honest pleasure to be with you this evening, um, and I- I'm looking forward to our discussion, open and honest discussion going forward. I'm actually looking forward to it too. So I was writing, and obviously the first question I always love to ask anybody that comes on the Ask People podcast is, could you tell me? about yourself but also who you are and about your background but also how that influenced you to be the person who you are today oh that's a that's a um, great uh, way to, uh, to 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 start this who am i um i'm gonna be honest with you sometimes i have to look at myself and say who who am i um because we think we know our own self, but I'm learning as life goes on. You know, I'm 51 years of age, um, and every day is a different day. And every day, I'm actually learning something new about myself. Yeah. It could be a situation, it could be a person I meet, um, and in turn, it makes me find myself, if that makes sense. Yeah. So, who am I? I'm a passionate black man, mm-hmm. proud father of three children. And I'm a person that w- does things not for love, but from love. I like that. Um, I'm a person that... I don't see colour, I see a person. Colour only becomes a problem if there's a a problem. Because I just see people. And then when a situation happens, then colour is evident to me that there's a problem. Then that's when I have to take a, a check of where am I? Who am I? And how do I address the situation? Yeah. I'm a person that 
everything I've done has not been given to me. Um, I've had to work for everything I've done. Um, but I've been supported. Yeah. Um, supported by my mother, Barbara Benjamin. Hey, mum. And mum has given me the inspiration. She, she's taught me the values. The simple things in life, the please, the thank you, having respect. I remember from growing up, a lot of my friends used to say to me, um, and a lot of my friends where I grew up in the area, um, in, in Penge, Beckenham, my, you know, my, my parents came from the Windrush generation, landed in Lambeth, Brixton, and um, we, we moved around. And where I grew up and went to school in a place, as I said, Benj Beckenham, and, and, and I had a lot of white friends. Yeah. Because like I said, I didn't see colour, I just see people. But they were white, but they, they were people. And I remember one of my friends, and I know he's my friend Amali, and I'm still in contact with him to this day. Um, how come you've got so many aunties and uncles? Everybody you talk to is an auntie or uncle. You know, you know, how much family you got? And I, I said to him, Do you know all my aunties or it's respect. Yeah. Anybody that's older than us, the way we've been brought up, it's respect. And even to this day, there's people I'll see and I, I would never address them as by their name. I would say uncle yeah. or auntie. Because it's that respect, and you, and you actually hear now some of the younger people to this day, the they will say, "Oh, hello, onks, hello, auntie," because that's the way we, that's traditionally the way we brought up. Yeah. But I owe a lot to my mother, Barbara Benjamin, and my father, um, uh, Tony and Tony Wallace, um, who supported you know uh, a lot of what I, I I do and I try to do um, and see the vision. Um, but I wouldn't like to say I'm an influencer because that, that when people, you know, they're talking nowadays, they're influencers. Um, but I would like to see myself as wanting to create change. Uh, I see myself as um, a role model. Yeah. I, I like to think that I'm a role model. I'm not perfect. I still make mistakes. I'm still learning. Um, but I, I try to see, you know, uh, to inspire, inspire my own children. Try and empower them to do, do good things. You know, you don't have to be the most talented. I've always been brought, brought up is try your best. Yeah. Do the best you can do. Um, I've always been brought up in a way that just g give, I'll, I'll, Give your hundred percent, and that will take you far. People, people will will believe in you and want to help you more. Um, and you know, I would, I love sport. I was good at sport, um, but I wouldn't say I was the best. Best academically, I struggled, um, and it it's only when later in life, when I joined the police. 35 years of age that I came to find out why I struggled at school 
because I'm dyslexic. I found out that I was dyslexic when I was at Hendon Training School. Yeah. And when I joined as a police officer um, in 2008. Um, but um, yeah, so I'm just, I'm just Michael. Um, and I'm still finding something about myself each and every day. I like that. So my next question is going to coincide with your first question. So when I ask people this question, it can bring out a lot from them. So I always ask people, can you define yourself as a person? And who do you see when you look in the mirror? But on the flip side of that question, has there ever been a time where you have looked in the mirror and not recognize the person staring back at you? How did you manage to transform who you are as an individual and come back and be that person who you wanted to be? That's a really good question. Um, so I want to break it down. I, I want to break it down in segments because there was a lot of information in, 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 <laughs> one, in one go. So let's break it up into a couple parts. So, and that's the way I can kind of give you the best answer. They try to get everything in one go. So the first part of your question is, just repeat the first part of your question. Can you define yourself as a person? Right. Can I define myself as a person? <sighs> wow. I've never had these kind of questions before. <laughs> 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 Um, to, to find myself as a person, the best way I, I define myself as a person that is always willing, mm -hmm. I define myself as a person that I'm giving. Yeah. Um, I define myself as a person that wants to make a difference. Um, I define myself as a person that would l like to leave a legacy. Yeah. In ever anything I may do, or not as me, just me, but people that I work with. You know, because we can't do this all alone. And anybody that knows me, I try to bring in a network. You do of people linking in, <laughs> trying to. I had an email the other day. I was, Michael, Mr. Connector. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's at it again. But, you know, and I, I'll use this saying, and I've used it before, and I'll continue to lose it, use it. You run fast alone, but you go so much further as a group. That's true. So I kind of break it down, like I've just broken down your questions. And the way I break that down is, you look at the African runners, and I use that as, that is an example. When they're running, they're running as a pack. They're helping mm -hmm. each other. They're supporting each other over that journey. They're taking it in turn to to push each other on. But when you look at um, uh, another runner that maybe from a different generation, different you know you know different kind, they some of them are running on, you know, running off fast, and they're going and they're going and. They keep on going, but then as time goes on, they're slowing down, they're slowing yeah. down. And then 
the African runners are still going. They're still pushing. They bypass. So that person's run out of gas. And that's the way I kind of do it. with what we're, which, which I'm trying to do with our team, with our, those who are like-minded, helping support one another to push each other on, connecting with each other and, you know, and trying to fulfill dreams. I like that. That's, that, that's, and that, that's that's what it is, you know. There's no point having dreams that you can't achieve those dreams. You've got to make those dreams as best as possible come true. But have the expectations that sometimes we will not always fulfil our dreams. But at least let's give it a go. Yeah. Um. So the next part of that, that question is, who do you see when you look in the mirror? Who do I see when I look in the mirror? I see Michael, but there's times, and especially of recent challenges I've had, yeah. I haven't recognised myself. I do not see the Michael that I know myself to be and people know me to be. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's important that when you don't recognise yourself, you be true to yourself. Yeah. And say to yourself, that's not me. That's not me I'm seeing the mirror. That is somebody else. So what are you going to do about it? And everybody's got their own ways of dealing with things. You know, people drink, they smoke, they take drugs. Yeah. They do whatever. They gamble. Uh, you know, everybody finds their way. That if they don't see themselves, they, they, they find an outlet. And in my recent scenario, I've had to find a way with the support others to enable myself to look in the mirror and then recognize myself again. And I'm getting there. You know, people might not see it because I think, oh, but I, I'm beginning to find myself again. Yeah. But that's going to take time. I like that. I don't even need to get onto the next part because you practically answered it. Right, okay. You answered it all in one. So who have been some of the most inspirational people in your life that has guided you? I know you were talking about your mother who has given you the guidance and the respect and the desire in your heart to do good things. But is there anyone else that you feel has given you the inspiration to continue to being the person that you are and fulfilling those goals and dreams that I know you have? First and foremost, I, to answer that question truthfully, um, my own children. Um, they've inspired me because I would not want to see them go through what maybe the challenge, some of the challenges I've had. Yeah. So I do what I do because... They've inspired me to give them hope in any way, especially all three of them. They're all different in their own different ways, um, but, you know, but um, certainly I would say without um, being biased to any much, because all my children, I love the same. I'll do anything the best I can for them, but I would say, one that might be inspires me even more is my autistic son. Yeah. 
um, that's where I've seen, you know, he was wrongfully excluded from school at six years old, permanently excluded from a, a mainstream school. And he has a disability at six years old, of age. And myself and his mother had to battle. He was out of school for three months. What do you do with a six-year-old child who's autistic? Where do you go with that at six years old? That inspired me and his mother to say that's wrong. Mm -hmm. And we, we, we fortunately was able to, um, with the support, that's what's really important, when we do, when you do things, you need support of the right people behind you. Uh, and I, I said to those of position that no other parent should have to go through what we went through as a pup, as parents. Yeah. No other child, because it took a long while for our son to catch back up, and even still, to a certain degree because of the situation what happened, took a, him out of an environment which he, sh he had a right to be in. Yeah. We're talking about equality. But however, it's no, we not, we not to dwell, we need to push forward. And that inspires me to, and that's where what I do about equality, about we're all one people black, white, religion, sex, sexual orientation, social, different social background, I don't care. Yeah. We're one people. And everybody des deserves that equal space and being feel safe in the environment. And that's why I, I try to, to preach. When I say preach, I try to, it's part of the ethos of what yeah. I do, not with what I just do, We've kick off at three what me and Ashley do, which we co-founded together. But what I do in my everyday work as a police officer, I strive for that equality that we all are one people. One of the things that I know will coincide is you recently done a campaign about mental health. Now, there's a lot of stigma about men having mental health. And I find that a lot of men hide their feelings and emotions because of that stigma. And a lot of men have been brought up in the sense where they have been told it's not good for you to be able to show emotion. I don't believe that's true, but that's my opinion. I think emotions make you stronger as a person, as an individual, and it also makes people aware of how you are feeling. Could you break down from, especially from a man's perspective, of how mental health and your emotions cannot just ruin you, but also enhance you as a person if we just show each other that it's good to be able to show our emotions and embrace them? Yeah, I mean, um, mental health is a killer. Mm -hmm. Silence is a killer. That's true. Um. And historically, men, for whatever reason, do not speak up. 
if they are in a space where their mental well-being is being affected, you know. And if we break it down even further, a lot of black men struggle, um, you know, especially from certain uh, cultural backgrounds. Traditionally, um, a lot of uh, those from, from ethnic minority backgrounds, uh, African countries, from Western, you know, just culturally, they are seen as the head of the house. Yeah. The man of the house. Now, there again, this is no reflection. You know, we're talking about equality and, you know, where we're having now more and more women that are the, the women of the house. They're the breadwinners. There's a lot more men staying at home looking after the children where... Okay. Uh, where the wife or partner will go out and work and be bringing in in the, the, the finances to support the family. So things have changed a lot over the years. But however, traditionally from culturally, from a lot of um, different backgrounds, the man is normally seen as the man of the house. So yeah. traditionally, you know, providing for their family, um, going out there working, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, and then when a man has struggled culturally, it could be seen as a failure, and that can hurt a man's pride. Yeah, just like it can hurt a woman's pride because the things that hurt women as well. But I'm just speaking from a man's perspective. What I know, I see. And lived experiences. Yeah. It's always it's always important to have those honest conversations with lived experiences, and it, a lot of men do not want to confess that they have a problem because there's that stigma. Yeah, and you know, and those will know, especially from Jamaica, where I my family are from, <laughs> and I, I, I'm, I'll tell you as it is, you know. And I, no disrespect in the words I'm going to use because it's, it, it, it's you know, it's but it's just me being open on what, what, you know, man will be seen as a madman. Yeah. Uh, you know, see him there as a mad, madman that, you know. <laughs> Let him go on about him as a madman. Those kind of, those kind of talk. Uh, <laughs> you know, we laugh, but that's how it's perceived. Though. It is, though. That, that's that, that, That's the reality of it. Or, you know, or, you know, it, it's just, seen as you know they wouldn't say i'd like to to use the words if i see that somebody has um, a mental health con condition mm -hmm. and it's evident to me mm -hmm. i will use the words oh he's not he or she's not well yeah for me that's a respect a respectful term term to say no he, and i actually had a conversation with somebody today on the telephone and they were questioning somebody that I know. And I said, and I said, and they, we had this conversation literally about five hours ago. And I said, no, he's not well. He's not well. And that person said, okay, I get it now. But back in the day, that was, oh, madman, that, you know, <laughs> that kind of talk, you know. So, you know, it, there again, it's the, to being open, um, honest about somebody without divulging um, 
certain things about their their well being, uh, you know, respectfully. And that's where men have suffered. Um, they say that it's seventy five percent of men, if my if my um, if I remember correctly, seventy five men they commit. In, in, if you're talking at the research, that they 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 take their own lives, which is a, a, a astonishingly very high figure. It is, you know, compared if you compare it to women, because I, I know there's women that do um, take their own lives, um, but you're hearing report is predominantly men, and and I'm I, I'm hearing a lot of cases. I'm not saying it doesn't happen in other cultures or communities, but at this moment, there's a lot of young black men committing suicide, mm-hmm. and that's what it is. Um, that that's the, the, the figures, the the things I'm hearing. Um, you know, I received a, a phone call this morning, mm. and it was very touching. And, you know, without going into it, um, yeah. It appears that there's a young man that's committed suicide. So, and this is happening regularly, and especially this time of year. Yeah. Christmas, Christmas. We see Christmas. A lot of people see Christmas as celebration coming together. A lot of people see Christmas as as uh, as not a time for uh, celebration. You know, and we have to be respectful of that. Not everybody celebrates Christmas through could be faithful through faith but a lot of people see christmas it brings back painful memories yeah so we have to be respectful of that um so this is where i was involved in a, a recent campaign called models of diversity campaign yeah there's a uh, it's a calendar coming out in the new year uh, myself and my good friend shane sanderford who's an ambassador kick on free um you know, we we with arts to be involved in the campaign with some amazing other, you know, um, gentlemen. You know, make me feel good. You know, being <laughs> felt like modeling thing. You know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> not that I've done modeling before, but no, but I, it was it was great to be. <laughs> yeah, I felt nice, man. How you mean? Get a little drink, a little food. How you mean? <laughs> but it was nice. It was nice. Make me feel like big people, them, you know, <laughs> celebrity. You know, I saw the photos. I, I saw you enjoying yourself. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, but you know, let's strip it back. It was for great cause, and uh, it was nice to be in a room with so many like-minded men. Yeah, from different backgrounds, white, black. Uh, you know, did did you, you know? It's just uh, you know, and uh, you know, I have to thank. Uh, Angel for inviting me and Marie inviting me and Shane to be involved um, she saw the work we were doing uh, through kick over three but we, re- we wanted you know about supporting people and they said look we'd love you to be involved and it was an honour real honour and um, yeah but, uh, and it, uh, of course it's something very close to my heart yeah. um, that it's important and, and it shows that this campaign is working because people are reaching out you know, through social media, some of the posts, it's touching on people. So 
this is real. It's real life. And then unfortunately, unfortunately, there'll be someone somewhere they'll find it too much. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, that there'll be somebody out there who will take their own life. So we have to be real and say, and this is where I, I, I see, I, I, I see something you, you, and it's really important that you often use as a quote, be kind to one another. Yeah, all the time. Be kind. You know, look out for people. If they're not being themselves, you're thinking, no, nah, that, that's not right. They don't normally behave like Question that. Check in on them. You know, um, and, you know, there was one person, I won't name him, he knows who he is, but he always checked in on me when I wasn't myself. He knew I wasn't myself. Yeah. He always, every day I'll get a phone call from him and say, you're okay, Michael, you're doing okay. And, you know, that, that meant and still does mean so much to me. So, yeah, so it's it's really important that, you know, if you see somebody who's not maybe themselves, you know, Somebody just could be using, and it's not more. It's not so much they're having a bad day, but you just see that they're not just their usual buoyant self, or they're just not acting in a manner that they normally do. Don't be afraid to ask the question. You okay? What's happening? Do you want to talk? And men have to be open and say, you know what? You, I have to talk. It's really important. So. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 just a big advocate of of the campaign and the Ollie Foundation charity, which is another yeah. charity that I've been supporting. Unfortunately, there again, a close friend of mine, close uh, friend Dennis of mine, Akan, uh, Dennis Akan, his son Danny Akan, his son Danny Akan took his life nearly a year ago, uh, and it's still tragic. Any time is tragic for any family, um, but you know. And, and and that's just not the only. There's another person that took his own life. Um, no, you know, close to you know. When I say a work colleague, but um, yeah, it's just um, yeah, it, it, it's so painful. But um, we need to just let's 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 have the positive. Let's let's you know, there's a negative, but let's push on and let's some positive come out of such tragic circumstances. Now, I know that you've been through a lot in your life. And also recently, I don't want to dig too deep, but I believe that there is so much within you that you can share when I talk about you being a police officer and you being of a different culture and how it is for you being a different culture because there are so many people who do great work just like you do. But at the same time, although we can do great work sometimes because we stand out. There is, and I'm going to be very honest with this, there is a jealousy stigma within that and people will take that and not like it. My question for you, Michael, is in your own words, could you break down, if you can, anything that has happened to you that you would like to share to inspire other people to say no matter what you are going through in your life, no matter what job you have, if there is jealousy or envy or any kind of just negativity surrounding them because of who they are, 
how how can they get out of it? How can they push forward to continue to do a job that they love? Yeah, that's that's a really um really uh how can I put it? Very touching kind of question. Um and I think I'm not just speaking on behalf of myself. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking on behalf of many people out there that have found themselves in a situation whereby they feel their back's against the wall. Victimised, I'll call it. That's the word. You said it, not me. Well, it's true. It's true. It's victimised. It is victimised. Okay, okay. Anyway, you said it, not me. (laughs) But, um, but, Call it as it is, victimised. It is victimised. If somebody is feeling that they've been victimised, you have to look yourself in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Now, if you honestly believe that you've done nothing wrong, mm-hmm. you've got to stand up for yourself. And that takes a very brave person. And you have to be resilient. You have to have trust in people that believe in you. Because you can you can doubt yourself. You time, you know, we talked about looking yourself in the mirror. You don't recognize that person. It's times where you can look at yourself and you question yourself. Oh, have I done something wrong? Yeah. Why is this happening to me? Maybe it's me. But if you've got a good support network around you that believe in you, and value you as a person. Not just value you as a person, but value you and who you represent. There you go. Because when I'm out there, just like anybody else, you're not just representing yourself. You're representing your family. You're representing your brothers, sisters. You're representing colleagues. You're representing a possible brand. So you have to stand up for yourself if you believe in you. Now, standing up for yourself can be quite painful. It can. And sometimes you have to question, why did I stand up for myself? But if you're going through that fight, there's somebody else in the country, in the world, going through exactly the same fight as you. And you need to draw strength that you are not the only person in that circle. Yeah. And it may need you to listen to somebody who's giving you appropriate advice. And that advice, you might not want to take it. Because you might think, that advice, that's not going to help me. 
I would say you've got to be strong because I know I can sleep comfortably at night. Mm -hmm. The question is, whoever's doubting you, can they? Think about that. Can you sleep comfortably at night? Have you done something wrong? Or is it a question they have their own insecurities? Yeah. Which is led to you making them feel that way. So I've drawn strength from that. And I've drawn strength for, can I sleep comfortably at night? Because you do doubt yourself. But when you sit back, you reflect and you listen to people you listen to yourself and you listen to your body that's true because your body will tell you how you're feeling your body will tell you if you're feeling anxious your body will tell you if things are not as they as it were as it should be Believe in yourself. And I draw strength that I believe in myself. I like that. I always say to people that it's, well, how I treat you is a reflection of myself and how you treat me is a reflection of yourself. And that's where I start to see people's insecurities shine out. So I always carry that with me and I believe it helps me in every aspect of my life. And I just want to share that is because... I feel like if I give that to everyone out there in the world, they'll learn to be able to take it and try and bring that positivity into their life. So let's talk about Kickoff at Free. So you are the co-founder of Kickoff at Free. Please tell us the inspiration behind it. But you have also been in so many different types of projects. First of all, what was your ethos? about you doing kickoff at free what made you passionate about doing kickoff at free well kickoff at three is um a social initiative that um was set up mm-hmm. um co-founded by myself and ashley levin mm-hmm. um we set it up in 2017 and the whole coming together was two like-minded people we both love football. But here I was, Michael, the police officer, and Ashley, I call him the community activist, coming together. I like that. Uh, uh, and, you know, we we built a relationship, we built a friendship, and we still have a very strong friendship. Um, and that's that's been success. And the whole ethos of, giving young people opportunities, using the vehicle of football, but as you've seen yourself, we've evolved into so many different things where we use the vehicle of not just football, but we've done basketball, we've done running events, we've done cycling events. We've even got into the world of a bit of acting. Yeah. With Blacks Can't Swim. 
uh, where a lot of the young people in that film um, are through kickoff at three. We're empowering young people to not just play football, but get in, go into spaces yeah. that they've never been in before. And then from that, we've had young people that uh, I can tell you now because it's been dis- it's, it's out there in the public. Young Jones uh, Camille, he is a young man that I've been mentoring, and he's um, through me um, inspiring him to get into the Blacks Can't Swim film. He's um, he's just recently done a piece of film work with Anthony Joshua, the boxer, uh, that's out now, um, um, and he's fulfilling certain dreams yeah um you know boy say so i mean i i i didn't introduce him to blacks can't swim because he was being in that film he's what i would i from what i recall he's been one of the actors um and when i say actors all the young people all the young in they're not actors as in they are people from the community but they've got into that world of acting um and say so, I met through Eddie Cura and um, so, so many other fantastic people. But it's amazing to see all these guys and girls blossoming to do wonderful things. Um, so we've used the vehicle of the seed was football, but it's germinated to so many different things. We've run social evenings, yeah. Um, you know, raising awareness for. And that's the other thing, the part of our ethos is not just about giving opportunities, but raising awareness for multiple charities nationally. And we've travelled. We've travelled. We, we've, you know, we've just recently come back from Northern Ireland, uh, Belfast. Um, you know, we've been in t- different parts of the country. We've now attracted international interest from Canada, Jamaica. Recently, um, I've been, dis- I mean, I've been, I'm in discussions to be going over to uh, Geneva in the new year. They want me to come and do something around football there. So it, all these things are just starting to evolve and happen. And I'm even, go- and I'm a, I'm 51, you know, <laughs> and I'm, I'm I'm living a dream, you know. I'm going to places that I've never been before. And not just, um, we talked about finding yourself and, Gone to, through kick of free i've gone to different it's not just about traveling abroad but i've gone to places in in the uk that i've never been See. i love going to northern ireland because the whole history you know what we're doing around working with andy george from pierce and i um and just all, all, all the all the things we're doing with, with the rear Ferdinand foundation um some amazing organizations you know, it, it, it's 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 been amazing, and 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 there's still more to come. The work that we've been doing with the Stephen Lawrence Foundation. Yeah. Um, next year is Stephen Lawrence's thirtieth anniversary. Um, you know, and also you know it, it, it's then open up opportunities, not just in the world. Just you know, I've been asked to be involved. I'm now part of the on the Great Britain women's management team for football, where they've asked me to come on board to, at, at this moment in time, the, the Great Britain women's team, they have no um, uh, representation from of ethnic minorities in the team, which I have to be honest with you, I find that quite shocking that 
in the UK, you're telling me there's not no talented, you know, women of different origin that are good enough to play for that team. There are. I think they're just hiding. But there again, there again, this is what we need to do. We need to make these young ladies feel not just young. I mean, just women. Women need to feel empower them to say you can be a part of that change. Yeah. Um, and this is not just a, a black thing. This is not just about Asian thing. This is about everybody. You know, LGBT. We're talking just the whole. You know, transgender, everything. You know, we we are people, and they deserve. Everybody deserved a space. That's true. In that lane, and like you said, they maybe just not. Maybe they don't feel there's a space for them, but we need to then draw that out of them to say, you know what, you know, I I was actually last week I was at a football match, uh, in Hertfordshire between Hearts Police and Suffolk Police. And uh, I was just, I was asked to watch the game and, and great football, great. And I saw some really talented women from different backgrounds playing. And I'm thinking, well, that's just one game I've been to. See? So they're out there, but it's just, they need to be discovered and encouraged. And I actually spoke to one particular girl that I was very impressed with. And I said to her, you need to step forward. She goes, really, what, me? I said, yeah, you. But there again is those, just like young, but they don't actually, some don't believe they've got the talent. And I saw it, I said, I, I see that you're good, you, you deserve a, a space. Yeah. So it just sometimes takes a matter of belief, encouragement, empowerment, um, just to, 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 to give, give those opportunities. I like that. I I think I think those opportunities will come naturally, and the more that we push people and tell them to come forward, and we find that talent, just like you've been doing, the more it will change. But you've been doing so much change, anyways, that is authentically going to arise, anyways. One of the things I would love to ask you, Michael, is you do so much, and I know even before we came in and we started the interview, and you said, "How do you find time for yourself, Savia?" <laughs> I remember that. So. <laughs> But I'm going to reverse that question, Michael, because you do so much. And the one question I do want to ask you is, can you walk me through a day in Michael's life? Because I, I have to do this from the moment that you arise in the morning to even when you're eating breakfast to when you're getting ready to your mindset. You know, my you, every time I ask a question, there's like 20 questions in one question. So... I just want to know what is a day like in Michael's life from when you wake up in the morning to when you decide to rest? Right. Um, that's a really good question. I've never been asked that question before. Um, I'm going to give you an honest answer. Mm -hmm. The work that I do, like so many other people, because it's just not me, there's people out there they're doing exactly what I do. Mm -hmm. So don't be get this twisted. <laughs> There's people out there that do exactly what I do. And this is a 24-hour job. No. I'm it is, actually. No, it's a 24-hour job. Now, obviously, I'm not doing it 24 hours. 
But I go to sleep sometimes with things just racing in my mind. And then when I'm waking up, that same thing. I, I, something goes in my mind and, and I wake up and, and I've got an idea. And I'm a kind of person, maybe just the way I think, maybe that's something to do with me being dyslexic. That's, we are seen as, um, I, I don't know what the proper term is, we just seen it. We think, you know, we just think differently. Eccentrically. Centri- yeah, maybe I'm a bit eccentric, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> but I just think, you know, I, and I just think, and I I come up with ideas of, I've got to do that. And even Ashley said to me, well, you're just all over the place. You want me to you're there, you do. But it's just the way I work. But, shall I say, this this work will not stop till the work is done. True. And there's still a lot of work to be done. Yeah. Um, however, I've had to learn to say no uh, and strategize, to have a strategy of, okay, you know, because doing this kind of thing, you could overwhelm yourself. That's true. And you can burn yourself out. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about mental well-being and so forth. So it's about... Of, do it, having expectations, what you can do, what you cannot do. And there's times you have to say, do you know what? I can't do that. And it, um, you've got to have to leave that for another day. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, my days, to be honest, the typical days, they look very much the same. It's just that I come up with a different idea every day. <laughs> you say it's the same, but then to people on the outside, they'll be like, oh, Michael, there, there he goes. Oh, he's off. That's how from an out... Because I've had the privilege and the honour of being around you a lot more. The way Michael's brain <laughs> works. And especially from a photographer's point of view. So I always capture Michael in the most eccentric ways when he's doing 20 things at once and he's going like 100 miles per hour but he doesn't notice that he's doing all of these things um which is actually something for you to see when you see michael at work so although you turn around and say don't get it twisted there are other people doing what you do you have to realize michael that nobody's doing it like you okay all right well I, I call that. I see that as an honour and a privilege for you to mention that. I mean, I, 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 I I'm doing what I, I say, I'm doing it from the heart, and yeah. I, I've got no agenda, yeah. and that's the best way I can put it. I, I do things because I want to do it. Yes, quite right. There's not everything you can do, and that's that's just being honest. Um, however, uh, I've got the belief, and it's. I could give you so many of our success stories. Um, I know them and just as, and Ashley knows them and those who are close around them. And even you've heard some of the success stories yeah. that have come about from in a short space. You know, we've, we've known each other for the last few months, I'll say that since the summer or more. And probably what we've done together, nobody's done in a year. True. So we've done so much. We, from the Windrush event to the kicker-free football tournament, 
to you know the Blacks Can't Swim premiere that we've done in, in even Snorban, the Paul Carnival one and as even well. the Paul Carnival um, you know event that's you know and there again it's it's connecting in people yeah so by connecting in so much has been achieved so imagine now if everybody connected in with like-minded people and organizations how much could be achieved in the world just you know it's beyond thinking but um yeah but i'll give you i'll give you something i sleep on average five hours a night (laughs) (laughs) on average on average five hours and i'm good i would say around the same as well actually i'm five give me five hours uh, and I, I'm good. I, I can, I can operate on that. You can uh, function. Yeah, but I'm up most mornings. Well, depends. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want to talk too much. You hear? <laughs> Get myself in trouble. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> so here's one for you, Michael. When was you do so much, right? When was the last time that you can actually say you felt at peace? with yourself in your environment and within your soul in yourself wow really i've never had that question that's a you wow that's a real powerful question when was the last time i felt at peace with myself i'm going to be honest with you I'm not sure if I found that piece yet. Doesn't matter as long as you're honest with yourself. That's yeah, the main thing. Because so many things have happened in my life mm-hmm. over the last few number of years. We've had passing away in the family. Yeah. We had tragic circumstances. COVID hit a lot of people. Yeah. It's affected. We've you know you know. Uh, Mental well-being has that impact on families, even my family. So, if there again, to be honest, I'm still not quite a piece of myself. It will come. Mm. I always believe it will come. If there was one question that you wish people asked you, but nobody ever has asked you that question. What would that question be and why? I can see Michael's brain actually taking. I wish some people got to know the real me. Because people make a judgment of me. Naturally, yeah. Whether it be for what I'm doing, um, from what I'm saying, but they don't really know me. Mm. And there's only very few people that really know me. And probably only people that really, really know me would be my parents. I've got close friends, but the way I look at it is those who 
saw me come from my mother's womb. Yeah. And watched me grow. And there's some family members who've watched me grow. It would be so it would be my mother, father, and some but and like I said, the people would be my my parents that probably say they, they I could say they know me. Um but there's people out there they think they know me but they don't know me. And that's the problem. You know, we pass judgment of people. Straight away. Straight yeah. away. It's a bit like that you know that stop and search. Oh yeah. You see a black man or a young black man and straight away there's a he's wearing a hoodie. You know? I've been stopped. See you. Yeah. No, no, I need to know the story now. No, I've been I've been followed by the police. Okay. I've been followed no, by the no. I've been followed off, off duty, of course. So how did this break down? So they see you, they instantly go, black man, okay, maybe you're wearing a tracksuit. They instantly see you say, look, there's a black man, he's in a tracksuit. The iconic word is he looks suspicious or he fits a description of, we know this. Um, When they stopped you and then found out that you was a police officer. No, 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 I didn't tell them. You didn't tell them? No. Why should I need to tell them? Wow. No, I'll tell you what the scenario was. I won't name I won't name police forces. Okay. They know who they are. Okay. Um the situation was I just finished visiting my children. Yeah. I was driving in my car. Mm-hmm. And I they were driving one way and I'll drive in the other. So we were going in two opposite directions. I wasn't speeding. They turn their vehicle around. Remember, they're going in the opposite direction to me. And then they followed me. Now, the vehicle was a firearms vehicle. Okay. I know what a firearms vehicle looks like because being in the police, I know what they look like. But they've turned around and they followed me for a period of time. When they stopped me, they asked me, I got in my vehicle. They asked me to step out of it, which I had no problem. And then I said, um, why have you, uh, can you tell me why you stopped me? And they said to me that um, my windows look like they're legally tinted. Okay. Like, okay. Okay. Which I know they're not illegally tinted because I'm not going to put illegal tints on my car. Um, but what they've done is they've, I, I, it actually upsets me to just go into all the, but it's what I call, they were fishing. And in the terms of fishing, that is, you don't have really any reason to stop me, but you're fishing to find grounds of, you stopped me, but then you're fishing for, is there something I can find on him. That's the bottom line of it. I was embarrassed. Stopped me right near my home address. So imagine this. I'm standing near in my local neighborhood. And 
it's very embarrassing for anybody to be stopped. Yeah. But certainly in my world as a black man, automatically people are, oh, oh, he's done something wrong or she's done something wrong. That's just a perception. I would call it I was racially profiled. That's the term. They looked at my car. The car I drive is nothing flashy as far as I'm concerned. It's it's a vehicle that other people drive. I've had I had tints on my car. Not a problem. There's a lot of white people have tints on their car. But I, I wonder if they get stopped. And stats tell you that black men are more prone to be stopped by the police. To, that's the, what stats tell you. Yeah. Black men are more prone to be stopped, whether it be stopped on their feet or by the vehicle. That's what the stats tell you. I honestly believe I was racially profiled. Yeah. I never at any time told them I was a police officer because there's no reason. Why you should have to. Why I should have to. Because there's no need. Why? What difference should it make? I'm a human being. Yeah. I'm not on duty. Whether I'm I'm going, I'm, because at the end of the day, when I leave work, I'm a human being just like you. Yeah. I was just going about my business. So this is why I'm very much about, as a human being, about understanding why young black men feel the way they do when they're stopped by the police. Now, I'm not saying that every officer out there is racially profiling black boys. I'm not saying that. However, from my experience, I've been stopped by the police twice now. But you remember, there's young black boys being stopped every day. day. Yeah. Every day. That. Every yes. day. Even I see that. So, this can't be, you know, that's what the stats tell you. Okay. However, I'm aware that there's a lot of things going on in communities. We've got knife crime and we've got a job to do but it's got to be proportionate. And I personally, from my personal circumstances, and it worried me because I'm thinking, if that's happening to me as a big man, going about my own, I was polite, I was respectful. What's happening to young black boys? The boys that might not know their rights. You remember, a lot of these young black boys, they lose their cool quite quickly. Yeah. Because they're upset because they're being stopped regularly. So, it's just natural they're going to, you know, they're, they're going to get, why is this happening to me? I'm going to, and before you know it, two, two, something happens and they could be arrested, you know? So these are the challenges. And this is, a, in essence, why I do what I do, being me, I'm about fairness. Yeah. If you're doing something wrong, then so be it. Let's deal with it as it is. That's, it is what it is. If you're not doing anything wrong, and then you feel that you're being, hold on, this is not fair, then there's a process to be in place. Yeah. And follow that process, which I did. I followed the process. I felt that I was unfairly treated. 
and I followed the process. And I would encourage more people to do that. Um, but yeah, this is why, as I said, I'm passionate. It's about just having those honest conversations about, and this is why I say people don't know me, because unless I've told you, you know, you wouldn't know that situation. Um, but the reality of it is these things are happening to a lot of people out there, so we need to address that. And hopefully going forward, there'll, there'll be change. Michael, what is the best advice you have ever received from somebody that has helped you in your life? Um, the best advice. Trust in your instinct. I like that. From once you're... I use this example. It's a bit like a that young child. It's a bit like... There's a sweetie... Or I remember biscuit. Or cake. And my mum said, do not touch that cake. <laughs> Sorry. And then... Mum's not about and you really want to take a little slice, a little touch. And your mind says, don't do it, don't do it. And, you're, and you're, your mind saying, don't do it, don't do it. But then you're not, you're not listening to your first instinct, don't do it, and you do do it. So I use that. If, you're, if your instinct is rich, you're answering, the, when your body's telling you don't do it, then you're normally... Your body's telling you, don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> so once once you're questioning something, once you have to question it, then that means you're probably you're probably on the right lines that you shouldn't do it. Yeah. You know? It's like some of you know, I've always you know, think it's it's no it's like when I've sometimes I meet meet somebody, you know, whatever. And something's saying to me, oh, I'm not feeling that person, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not feeling them, you know. There's something that I just can't. I'm not feeling them. And then you're normally your body, your mind is telling you that you're probably right. So my advice is trust in your instinct. If you're not feeling them, you're not feeling them. Oh dear, it has <laughs> happened. It definitely has. See, happened. so I'm right, am I? No, you are right. If you're not feeling them, no, then you're probably saying. And then sometimes it goes on to tell you something happens. You think, I'm glad I, I didn't. I'm, I'm glad I I'm didn't. I'm glad I didn't go there. <laughs> I didn't go there. <laughs> See, I was right. I'm glad I didn't go there. So I've only got two more for you, Michael. Okay. No My problem. second to last question is, we spoke about legacy way in the beginning of our conversation. And the reason why I always leave legacy to last is because I believe in hearing your story fully from the beginning to the middle to the end. So now that you have let so many people in the world know more about who Michael is as a person, when Michael decides to stop, relax, find the peace that he's always been after, but also the happiness that he's always wanted, and he decides, I'm stopping, what would you like your legacy to be? The legacy is 
we've got that slogan, kick off, we believe. Mm-hmm. Legacies, believe in yourself. Yeah. You can achieve whatever you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. Um, give yourself a chance. And the legacy, if you want to do something, just do it. Even if you might not achieve what you wish, at least you've given it a go. Yeah. Because there's times in like, I'd wish I'd done it. Don't be in a situation where you think, I wish I'd done that. Because you might not get that chance ever again. That's true. Take your opportunities. If there's something presented before you and it feels right and you're feeling them, (laughs) that's really important. (laughs) You're feeling them, go for it. Oh, damn. Before I say, Michael, before I say my thank you to you, I'm actually going to ask you one more. If there was one song, and the reason why I asked you, there's a reason for this. If there was one song that was the soundtrack of your life, what song would you choose and why would you choose that particular song? Oh. Okay. There's one song that will resonate to me. Um, and he he speaks volumes and everybody will know this name. It'll be Bob Marley. Mm-hmm. And it'll be the one song will probably... I'm going to push it. There's two so- songs. The first song, see, I have to be a bit different. The ones, the two songs would be One Love. Yes. And the other song would be Buffalo Soldier. Oh, okay. And anybody that knows those songs, they'll understand what I mean. Yeah. Tells you a thousand words. And those are the, the words that I would say that empowers me. Michael, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the Us People podcast. I now officially announce that you are part of the Us People family. <laughs> fact, I must say, though, are you feeling me? Are you feeling me? I'm feeling you. All right, that's all right. All right, good. I'm glad you're feeling me. <laughs> I feel good now. I feel that you feel feel at peace that you're feeling me. So that's no, all right. definitely. That's all right. That's definitely. Good. Michael, I want to thank you so much for bringing your kindness your honesty and your wisdom onto the Us People podcast show. I am so glad to have finally had the chance to do this interview with you. Please let us know where we can find you on all your social medias or any platforms that if anybody would like to contact you or just simply get in touch with you and what you do, where can they find you? Okay, um, you can find us on um, Google Kickoff at 3. You'll find us. Uh, our website um, is www.kickoff um, at, and at is A-T as in Alpha Tango. And then it's uh, at, and then num- the number three, dot com. As far as Instagram, Twitter, um, you'll find me on LinkedIn, Michael Wallace. Um, and there again, if you really want to find a bit more about me and my working life as a, a black police officer, you can Google PC Michael Wallace and you'll find some of the work that I've done that I'm trying to do and I will continue to do to try and create change. Um, And all I can say is thank you for all those who believed in me, believed in Ashley, 
believed in what we're doing as a family. I see this as a family. Just we all want to connect, be kind to one another. Know, know your neighbour. Support one another. And we'll be in a better place. That's actually a nice way to actually end the show. Michael, thank you so much again for coming on the show. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank no, you. you're more than welcome, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Ask People podcast. And please remember, you can subscribe and leave us a review on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and any other platform that you prefer listening to. Please also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can also donate to the Ask People podcast by simply going to the Savvy Rocks website or just typing in paypal.me forward slash us people podcast guys thank you so much for listening stay happy stay positive and as always please continue to be kind to one another Hey guys, this is Savia Rocks from the Ask People podcast. I thought it was only right, as it is the last episode of the Ask People podcast for season three, to send out my ambient gratitude to every single person who has supported, promoted, been a guest on the show, and anything else that has been positively great to the contribution of the show. This is my way of saying I am absolutely excited for season four. And I know no matter what obstacles come our way, we'll overcome them. I hope the Ask People podcast has helped you to be educated in a field that you've always wanted to go to. I also hope the guests have been on a podcast that has interviewed them in a completely different way. But more than anything... It's just about the support and understanding that you get to do what you love. With that in mind, I want to say thank you so much, guys. And as always, please continue to be kind to one another. Just enjoy the ride. Open those eyes, see the light. Ignite that fire inside it. Let it breathe breath into life. Push all your fears to the side. Control your mind. It's all alright, enjoy your life, the joy is mine, commit to you, you got the tools, everything you do, you make the rules, sometimes you need to say, I'm gonna be okay, 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 okay. Shine.